Hello, everybody. Welcome to Whose Blind Life Is It Anyway? A Blind Perspective Network. I am your host, Victor Gouveia. And uh, remember, hit like button if you definitely like what you're about to hear. And if you think someone can benefit from what is said here, definitely share with them, whether it be on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube. And of course, if you feel you want to get more, definitely subscribe. It doesn't cost you a cent. Uh, so subscribe to the channel and hit that notification bell so you know when we go live or when a new video is uploaded and you'll be notified. Remember again to always check us out on podcasts, uh, Anchor, uh, Google, Apple, Spotify, all of those podcast streaming services have the bot whose blind life is it anyway in their repertoire. So check us out there if you don't want to deal with the YouTube hassles. And uh, of course, if you want access to the video or audio formats of these files, definitely contact me at whose blind life is it anyway at gmail.com. And I will give you a Dropbox link to the folder where I house both the video and audio of these videos. And of the podcast itself, of course. So, as I said, whose blind life is it anyway is shooting to become a network. And while... While, unfortunately, I've lost some co-hosts, and uh, sorry, I just got a notification on my iPhone that is very charitable, um, and while I did say we, we are becoming a network, with many people contributing to the network and its shows. Um, I have lost some a co-host, one of my mo more favorite co-hosts, actually. Um, but I can't blame her. She's got a lot on her table. And, you know, I, 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 I can understand that I... I I and and the channel come second in her life because there are more important things and what I'm doing here is more of a hobby not a business I'm not getting paid I'm actually putting money out of my own pocket for uh, the production of these videos and shows so whatever happens Others make the money. Most notably, YouTube. From all the advertisements. Having said that... Yeah. I lost her. And hopefully she'll be back. Hopefully she'll see her way clear to coming back. And her schedule lightens up a little bit. Um, she's planning a lot of things in her life. And hopefully, uh, 
one of those things includes coming back to the network. Uh, with that in mind, as I said, I uh, I have also gained some uh, new talent, and I mean very talented talent. Uh, one of them is going to be coming up on a future interview, uh, along with the premiere of her show, which I can't wait for. Uh, and I'm also going to be guesting on it because she does live here in town with me. So I will be going over the, to her house and guesting on her show at one point or another. So definitely look out for that. Uh... But as I said, I am collaborating with a number of, of other YouTubers and artists who are doing their own shows, but they've expressed interest in doing shows for Whose Blind Life Is It Anyway, as well as contributing to the channel. And likewise, I've expressed interest in contributing to their channel. Uh, in fact, one of those contributions is to the blind view on Becca's world. Now, I'll have the links in the description box below, so check that out when it, uh, if you can, please. Uh, and subscribe to Becca's channel, because Becca deserves it. Um... But one of her shows, The Blind View, if you're familiar, if you're familiar with, um, yeah, if you're familiar with The View, which I think is being broadcast on ABC, uh, it stars uh, Whoopi Goldberg. Well, it doesn't star her, but it features Whoopi Goldberg as a host along with uh, Barbara Walters at some point. I'm not sure if she's still doing it though. Um, yeah, but Barbara Walters was there. And these were various women showing or, or outlining their opinions and uh, how they felt about a certain given topic, whatever was discussed on that particular day. Um, and that's what the blind view is. Uh, basically, a bunch of folks who are, well, I think they're all blind. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I haven't seen anyone who's sighted on the show yet. But um, it's a whole bunch of folks offering their opinions on various topics. Uh, today was our second episode, or my second episode, rather. Uh, it was the 52nd episode for Becca, and uh, we had one doozy of an episode. I mean, the talks ranged from President Trump, or ex-President Trump, uh, to uh, the coronavirus, to conspiracies, to a whole, well, a whole shitload of topics. <laughs> But um, suffice it to say, at the moment, I, we don't know how to simulcast the episodes live on both channels. I'm sure there's a way, 
but we haven't figured that out yet. So what's going to happen is the show will be first aired live on Becca's World's channel. Um, and once it is, I'll be uploading it in a few days or a week later so people can enjoy it on Whose Blind Life Is It Anyway? Hopefully, you can subscribe to both. If you can't, then you can subscribe to just one and you'll catch that show. Having said that, there are plenty of other shows on Becca's World that you can catch. There's the VIP challenges. Uh, there's the Fat Amazing podcast. Uh, actually, I think that's a YouTube channel. Um, but yeah, it's got some interesting stuff. Definitely have a look, definitely subscribe to it and enjoy yourself because there's nothing that other people find more interesting than shows created for the blind by the blind. So yeah, definitely check it out. So in the meantime, here is the first episode that I guessed it on of Becca's World Blind View and um, hopefully every week on Fridays at uh, 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 p.m. Pacific uh, or 10 a.m. Pacific rather um, is when the show goes live on Becca's World and uh, like I said I'll try to find a way to do the live on both channels at once but I can't guarantee that but in the meantime for now definitely have a a watch or listen to the episodes on Becca's World and if you can't definitely have a look at the episodes here on Whose Blind Life Is It Anyway so thank you for coming by and here now is the episode And we are live. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining me today on Becca's World for another episode of The Blind View recorded live. We're changing up a bit this week because I've got something scheduled tomorrow that conflicts with our regular showtime. So that's why we're doing this today. Um, and Victor's on the air with us right now. We have some other people who may be joining us. How are you, Victor? Not too bad. How are you, Rebecca? I'm good. Victor, since this is your first time ever on Becca's World and The Blind View, would you like to quickly uh, introduce yourself and tell our viewers a little bit about where you're from and a little bit about your history with blindness and stuff? Sure. Um, my name, as was said, is Victor Gouveia, and I run the YouTube uh, network Whose Blind Life Is It Anyway? And uh, we do interviews and just blind perspectives of various things and people and uh we've i'm trying to get various shows in the works and uh, 
so far we've got a couple that are being produced at the moment. Um, I've been blind for about 19 years as of 2002. Uh, I got married April 6th and I started going blind April 7th. And of course my daughter was born a month later on May 8th. So uh, it was a tricky year for me in 2002. So uh, I've been pretty much blinded ever since. So um, on, here on The Blind View, we talk a lot about our experiences at blind training centers at NFB conventions and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Can you tell our viewers, are there any, do you guys have blind training centers in Canada? Do you guys have groups like the NFB? Like, can you just tell us a little bit about what, what does Canada have for the blind? We do have blind specific schools, though I'm not sure if they're still in operation. Uh, I do know that a great many blind people are being integrated into the standard school system, uh, both public and, and Catholic school system, at least here in Toronto. I can't say that's the fact for the rest of the uh, country. Okay, so um, it, excuse me, I was actually not very clear. I'm not talking about public school integration integration of blind students. I'm talking about training centers where blind adults can learn Braille and and how to use JAWS and how to use a cane if they never learned those things. Yeah, those no, I, training centers. Do you have yeah I have a funny story about that. Um, we have the CNIB, which is the Canadian National Institute for the Blind. Okay. And uh, they offer pretty much all of those services um, at the moment. Uh, the waiting list is pretty long now because of COVID. Uh, but having said that, they offer O&M training. They offer Braille training. Uh, they offer life skills training. And uh, someone comes to your home and teaches you how to work with things in your home as opposed to going over there and doing it there. They do have uh, in-house classes over there for cooking and things like that. Uh, but the majority of the life skills training is done in the home. Okay, so I have another question then. So I really like that the Canadian National Institute for the Blind, is that what you called it? Yes. See, that's exactly what I wanted to know about is does Canada have something like that? That's awesome. So um, when you go to the CNIB for training or when they come to your home for training, mm -hmm. I understand that they teach you daily living skills and they teach you how to use a cane. And I'm assuming they teach you how to use jaws and stuff. But do they also teach you skills for so you can go on to college and go on to work? Or is it just so you can survive and exist at your home it's actually um it's actually quite funny here in in the province i live in which is toronto ontario mm -hmm. um the ontario has the assistive devices program which gives you a free computer mm -hmm. um any blind tech aids that you need for example be it a braille display a scanner uh stuff like that mm -hmm. and uh if you're low-sighted they give you a huge 
uh, monitor and everything so you can use it. Uh, they use magnifiers and all, but they give that to you free. And do they give a, do they provide training on how to use They do. The, they do if the it's your initial. Yes. Oh, that's good. Yeah, if it's your initial use of the device mm -hmm. or whatever it is they're giving you, mm -hmm. um, it, it, they do offer training. They also started with uh, a phone exchange program where phones, old phones are donated to them, especially iPhones. And uh, they are repurposed for to other blind folks so they can learn uh, the iPhone. And so do they refurbish the phones and get them as good as close to new as they can before they re do that as well? Uh, uh, presumably. Uh, I don't know if they actually do the hardware refurbishment, but uh, the software is pretty much reset to the manufacturer's um, the manufacturer's uh, standards. Hey, so I wanted to mention a Canadian company that I really love while I, while I have you on the air here, Victor. I've been blind since I was 12 years old, and I actually grew up close to Canada. I grew up in on the High Line on Highway 2 in North Central Montana, just 99 miles south of the Canadian border. So we had a lot of Canadians that would come down into our community and stuff. And, right. Um, and uh, I don't remember, at some point in my blindness, I got, I heard of the Victor Reader stream. Oh. You know where I'm going with this? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so when I first heard the words Victor Reader stream, it sounded like a Greek thing to me. And I was like, wow, that sounds like something that I would never be able to use or probably even hold. It sounds really large and heavy, whatever it is. And so when I did a little bit of research, because all the blind people I was meeting in the NFD were talking about these things, I I fell in love with it. So I got my first Victor stream, Victor Reader stream, right? And then uh -huh. I got my first Victor Reader track. And I love humanware. And they're up there in Canada. And so I just wanted to talk about that. Do you want to talk about humanware? I do have a Victor Reader track, yes. Yeah, so what is it like being in Canada? Is that a kind of a prideful... Uh, some, like, do you feel proud of that? That Humanware is a Canadian company and they make such great products for the blind. I've talked about their products on previous episodes of The Blind View. Um, right. And for our viewers who haven't heard me talk about them before, the great thing about Humanware's products is not only are they tactfully usable by the blind, but yeah. all of Humanware's products, from my experience, and I've owned two or three, three different products of theirs, I believe. And right. every one of them comes with a built-in user guide and a built-in key describer mode. Mm -hmm. And they're so easy to use and so easy to learn to use. And I just really love humanware products. And I just wanted to talk about that. I I I just want to point out that you do realize that humanware started in Australia. Oh, really? Oh my gosh, Australia's another... I love Australia. I want to visit Australia. So <laughs> they started in Australia? Yeah, they started off in Australia, and then they were bought out by Humanware. So can you can you talk about who founded them and the founding of them and how that all came about? Do you know the history? Honestly, I couldn't say offhand uh, because it's been a long time. 
Um, and I've actually had dealings with humanware because uh, several years ago, uh, my brother and I were uh, vendors for the assistive devices program. Mm -hmm. And we used to sell humanware products and freedom scientific products, um, all kinds of products for the blind. But having said that, I, I do applaud humanware for what they've done. Don't get me wrong. However, the Victor Reader Trek is just Chuck. garbage. Yeah, I know. I know. But I'm assuming they'll come out with something better at some point. And that's the thing. They're going to come out with something better, but they're going to mm -hmm. charge an arm and a leg for it. Mm -hmm. I mean, for the same price that you buy the Trek, you can get a low-priced iPhone, mm -hmm. which will do a hell of a lot more than that. Yeah. And that's what disappoints me. I know that you know, HumanWare proved, though, that products can be made accessible out of the box. And that's what I love about them. And I dream that I'll be able to go to Walmart and buy an appliance and it will be accessible right out of the box like that, right? I'm not sure if HumanWare did that or Apple. Well, who was first, honestly? See, honestly, I was really late coming into the blind, the accessible technology stuff. Were and, you? Yeah, like I think the iPhones were already out and I don't know if the iPhones came first or the... Or the Victor Reader Trek, or the Victor Reader Stream came first. Do you know? Oh no, it was definitely the iPhone. Well, the iPhone came first. Okay, see, I yes. don't know because I learned about them. They were both already out when I learned about them. So. But uh, having said that, Humanware had come out with several products before that. Mm -hmm. I mean, they had uh, like Palm Pilot type devices that they had. They weren't touchscreen, but they were a sort of like that. They were, I think it was called the Maestro. Yeah. So I'm really excited about Humanware's next products. And I'm excited about, about what Apple might do, too. I hope since Steve Jobs died, I hope they don't lose their ingenuity and the great things they were doing at Apple. But um, I, I'm i really excited about whatever uh, Humanware comes out with next because I'm hoping it'll be a combination of a, a really good GPS device a mm -hmm. book reader, a note taker, or like a audio note taker, like what we've had, and and maybe throw in I don't know maybe a compass. Right. You know what I mean? A yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Or or a thermometer that can tell you what the temperature is around you, or right. a barometer even. You could do all kinds of cool things with these little devices if they if they thought about it right. And and it would be much smaller. Yeah. Right. Much smaller than it is. Right. Having That's said that, I mean the humanware track is an unbelievable media player. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. Having said that, like I said, the GPS needs a lot of work. Mm -hmm. Um it's great for navigation, but if you're standing still in a certain location, it'll tell you where everything is but it won't point to it as the iphone does yeah i mean i prefer to use my iphone for gps right and and you know it's got a compass it's got measuring tools it's got everything 
I mean, I was easier on the Trek than on the iPhone, though. It was supposed to be easier, yeah. 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 But in in reality, it wasn't. I mean, you have to cycle through all the letters just to type. Uh, for a book. Yeah, but once you have one, so my Victor Reader track, I can turn it on. I can set the sleep timer and go to bed, right? But yeah. my iPhone, every time the screen locks, it stops my book. And it drives me crazy. But you don't have to do that. Yeah, I think somewhere in the settings, there's a setting I can adjust. But I've been in there and looking <laughs> through it, and I haven't been able to find it. No, you know what? And unfortunately, I hate to say this, but ignorance tends to ruin the iPhone for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And they, I have a friend who has no idea that her phone does so much because she hasn't thought to look for it. Oh, believe me, I I love my iPhone and yeah. I, I do a lot with it. My sister just got an iPhone and I was, she's really mad at it because it's not doing anything for her because it's her first iPhone. And I remember my first iPhone, I wanted to throw it through my plate glass window until I learned how to use right. it. So, Is she blind? No, she's not blind, but, but she's used to like one of those, a Galaxy phone or an Android is like okay. what she was wanting to get. And right. she just, like, she said to me this morning, because she just got this Apple iPhone yesterday. She said to me this morning, she said, do you think I can, I can go take this back? And I said, well, I said, yeah, remember they said you have 30 days to just go exchange it. And right. so that's what she's going to go do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, honestly, I, I thought Android was crappy because I had a Motorola. Uh, because I actually tried Motorola for a while. I couldn't afford the iPhone for a while and uh i thought they were crap i thought it was crap but then i went to the iphone and my wife got an lg and it turned out to be so smooth so easily handable so is the android operating system works better on an lg phone than some other phones you think oh yeah yeah lg samsung uh motorola um so I went from a Razer flip phone to my first iPhone. So I never used an Android phone. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah, the LG, actually, they have a flip phone that runs Android, uh, but a scaled-down version of Android. Okay. So it's, um, like I said, I mean, Android has set many strides lately and they are just as good and in some ways better than iphone os so are you a cane user victor or do you have a dog i have a dog so what is it like getting around in canada using the public transportation system with a dog are the laws there the same as they are here where people aren't allowed to discriminate against using transportation and using public services like restaurants and hotels the exact same thing uh actually ours has a bit more teeth um in ontario that is um and in canada as a whole we have the accessible canada act uh but that one still has a few years to get its teeth in but uh the ontario where i live has the accessibility for ontarians with disabilities act 
And that's been in place for several years, at least a decade. Can you tell us about what does that act do? Uh, well, it essentially protects people with disabilities rights and freedoms uh, when it comes to transportation, when it comes to um, admittance into to... various locations, um, and of course, customer treating and, and how customers are treated. Now, under that act, like if you if you want to go to college as a disabled person, is the college required to provide you with like braille books or absolutely you need them? Okay. Absolutely, yes. Okay. So Either braille or you get an electronic version. Really? And yeah. are employers also required to provide their blind employees with accessible computers on the job and stuff? Uh yes, but we actually have um, Canada actually has a uh, program that helps and subsidizes those assistive technology needs for businesses that are looking to hire people with disabilities. But uh, ironically, I did a stint out in uh, British Columbia on the West Coast this past year, and I found out that the West Coast is nothing like Ontario. Because, and I'll explain why, and I and I kind of explained this in one of my first episodes in, on my channel, Ontario has the ADP program. And the ADP program essentially gives you that com free computer every five years. And what is ADP? Can you, can you oh, sorry, the Assistive Devices Program. Okay, okay. They give you a computer every five years with JAWS, with whatever uh, assistive technology you need. Mm -hmm. And that has to be used for your own personal use. You can't use it for work and you can't use it for school. Whereas on, on the West Coast mm -hmm. and actually most provinces, if you can only get a computer if you're going to use it for work or for school. Mm -hmm. uh, you can't actually use the computer for personal use, which is kind of stupid because if, I don't know any blind person who gets along without a computer. Yeah, and you know, so here's the way, I, I think it should be if you're working towards going to school or work, they should give you a computer to use for those things and you should be allowed to use it for your personal use. Well, I mean, it doesn't stop people from actually using it for school and work um, when they work at home, that is. But like I said, I mean, they but, get but, that. But if, if they were able to find a way to use the computer to go to work, the state wouldn't allow them to do that? See, oh, they would. They... Oh, okay. They would. They would. Okay. Uh, but having said that, the province does pay for a second computer specifically for work and school. So where does the province get all the money to pay for the free computers and stuff? Taxes. Taxes, honey. And so so they just print money? Well, Canada Canada has one of the highest uh, tax brackets in the world. There are others that are a bit higher, but no. Canada has one of the highest tax brackets. 
in so, the so it, world. Does that make everything across the board more expensive? Um, not necessarily. I mean, I was talking about this with another person, another friend of mine, and she, I was telling her if you were to buy a quart of milk for one ninety nine at the store. You would pay one ninety nine here for that same quart of milk. However, the the American dollar is just worth more than the Canadian dollar. But a quart of milk costs the same price. Pretty much the same price, but like I said, the American dollar is worth about a quarter more than the Canadian dollar. In other words, you have a, an American dollar, we we if you exchange it to Canadian money, you get a dollar 25. Yeah, so but basically so basically when we work here in America, when we work to earn our dollars, we're earning more than we would be by working the same hours and putting out the same sweat and effort as we would be in Canada. Yes. And in Actually Canada, no. It takes a lot of it. Actually I for, I forgot to say um minimum wage in the states is far lower than minimum wage here what is minimum wage there 15 bucks well they were actually i don't know really what minimum wage is here but they were talking about bumping it up to 15 bucks so probably close to that already here well i'm not sure in indiana it's seven something <laughs> and i don't i you know i don't know any city where seven something minimum wage can be lived on i'm sorry but you know during covid we had relief programs that were paying twice what us people with disabilities actually get hey i just wanted to let our viewers know i just had a thing come across my news sound like there was a shooting in a supermarket where there were several people shot and one of them was a child I think it today was yeah it just came across from one of my 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 voiceover just read it like, yeah and just the other day we had uh, a person run over uh, a group of Muslims at a mosque with a car with a with a car yeah are they gonna outlaw vehicles since they're killing people with cars well I doubt that people with cars? I doubt that you got to remember oil is one of our major exports So you said he tried to run over some Muslims, or he did? No, he did. How many? Uh, six or seven. Oh my gosh! Did any? Did they survive? Muslim women. Women. Uh, some did, but most didn't. So is the guy in custody that ran them over? Yeah, he's been caught. Yes. So was he with some kind of extremist group, or is he a lone wolf, or what? Uh, we're not sure. I haven't actually read up on the whole thing but did it happen in ontario or somewhere else in i believe it was here in ontario oh my gosh yeah that's incredible but it was uh i think in london ontario which is uh close to the detroit border have you guys had any cyber attacks up there in canada victor um I honestly can't say. I honestly can't say. 
how often are you watching your your Canadian news? I'm sorry. Do you watch your your Canadian news or your local Ontario? News? Oh yeah, no, I do, I do. Uh, it's just I haven't heard about any major cyber attacks on the government itself. I've heard of private institutions because a lot of private institutions here in the states are being attacked. Yeah, same here. I mean, we do have uh, people who are getting their, for lack of a better word, contact lists um, hacked into, and they're being used for whatever scams or spams. Right. Exactly. I know there was the whole thing that Equifax had been hacked for a while and um, it was just a whole thing. Is I mean, Equifax a Canadian company? Uh, no, I think it's an international company. At least in North America it is. Oh, okay. So, do you... So, Victor, do you ever go to any... Like blind conventions? Do you guys have those up there? I haven't had a chance. Uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, I, I haven't been able to afford it because, well, we've been, you know, having to pay off our home. And uh, now our daughter's going to university. So, um, I, you know, the money just wasn't there for yeah. that sort of thing. No. So... Is, is university pay, paid for with tax dollars there? Uh, no. Okay. No, but we do have student loans. K through 12 is paid for by tax dollars. Yes, right? yes, that's actually mandatory. Mm -hmm. That kids have to attend school up to grade 12. Well, really, they're not allowed to drop out like they are here? Well, they are allowed to drop out once they hit a certain age, but having because uh, i mean and i don't i hate to say this but i was a high school dropout uh, because i grew we grew up poor and we couldn't afford it so i was in my 12th year i'd finished my 12th year and i didn't have enough credits to satisfy the diploma requirements so i, I had to leave because i couldn't afford to stay in school longer so I actually had to turn my part-time job into a full-time job. So, but I mean, it, it ended up not being necessary because I ended up going back to college as a what we call a mature student. And that's where you get certain credits for life skills. Okay. And so did you ever go back and get your GED or do you know what a GED is? Yes, yes. Uh, we, I never actually did. I looked into it and I actually thought about getting a GED from a company down there in the States. But like I said, I went to college. I had my, my certificate and everything and that and really I didn't. Necessary. You know, it's it wasn't necessary, no. And I had the life experience. I mean, at one point I was running like five or six corporations that were international and dealing with real estate. So uh, 
let me take a moment here, Victor, because we just, I just made the statement that a GED isn't really necessary. And I want, maybe up in Canada, people can't get by without an education or without a GED, but that's not advisable here in the States. So I want to make sure our viewers know that if you're an American, no. it's no. very advisable to get your high school education or a GED. <laughs> yeah, no. Up here, high school diplomas are required unless you're going into construction and or manual labor. Mm -hmm. um, most companies will ask for a high school diploma. Not, not proof of one, but ask that you do graduate. Mm -hmm. uh, because a high school level education is at least required for a lot of things we do here. So care up there, Victor. I'm sorry. Can you tell us about how your health care is up there? Free. But, yes, free. But what is the quality of it? Uh, amazing. Really? Uh, we have one of the best health care systems in the world. I say one of the best because I hear uh, Finland has a better health care system than we do. Tell me about your healthcare system. What's so good about it? Well, I mean, we don't pay anything. It's taken all out of our taxes, so we don't have to worry about that. Um, any any elective surgeries, such as plastic surgeries, those you have to pay for, yes. However, like I said, most other surgeries are paid for. We don't have mountain of bills to pay a hospital because we had to go to all our gallbladders out or so we decide, had to, who is it that decides which surgeries are considered elective and which ones are considered covered there is a law i mean there is a health care act is it is it clear or is it vague so there's a, it no no it's clear it's pretty clear okay. yeah and you know like i said i mean when you go to the emergency room it's all covered no matter what they do to you. What if you go see your doctor for a regular checkup? Is that covered? Yes, it is. What if your doctor says you need to go get this MRI that's $10,000? Is that covered? Yes. What if the doctor says you need the surgery right now to save your life? That's $250,000. Is that covered? Oh, yeah. So who pays for all of that? Like I said, Anna, taxes are key. Oh no. Are you there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, I shut my voiceover off. Okay. Yeah, no, like I said, I mean, we pay taxes. We pay, for example, fees when we get our licenses or plates mm -hmm. uh, for our cars, um, stuff like that. You know, it's things like that. We have a 13% sales tax which they call the harmonized sales tax um and you know it's different things like that hmm. i mean eventually i guess taxes are well spent so what you were gonna say eventually what well eventually it all gets evened out 
because the taxes go in and the monies go out for social programs, for healthcare, for whatever the case may be. The army, uh, actually, I think I think Canada has a pretty bad army. I'm not sure. <laughs> I've never looked oh. into that. So I don't know about Canada's army, but listen, I grew up, like I said, very close to the Canadian border. And I actually had a friend who was a Canadian girl that I met at the deaf and blind school in Great Falls when I was a teenager. And Mm -hmm. I met, I met Canadians in Great Falls because Great Falls was close to the Canadian border and there were Canadians coming down to Great Falls. I met these people while I was going to the hospital for medical care because I had just suffered a severe um, thing in medical thing in my life a few years before. So I was meeting Canadians who were coming to Great Falls, Montana in the United States to get medical care because they were saying they weren't able to get their procedures up in Canada in time to save their lives. Uh, and that's what I don't understand. How is that going on when everything's free and available to everybody up there? Now, you have to understand, when we go to the Emerge, we end up waiting there for almost several hours, at least when I went to the eMERGE with my eye problems mm-hmm. in 2002, mm-hmm. I ended up waiting eight hours before I was seen. And that's not because they don't care. It's just the healthcare is just inundated with patients. Because it's free. Well, not just because it's free, but the fact that you know, there are a lot of emergencies that day, or for example, it's Halloween and people are coming in because they did stupid things. You know, it's, it's, it's different nights have different, different, you know, amounts of people. Uh And having said that, I don't think it was the procedures that they couldn't get done in the state, in our country. I think it was they didn't want to wait. But but I've been talking I was talking to people who had talked to people or who were themselves the people who who were saying things like I couldn't get my heart transplant so I was going to die so I had to come down to the United States to get it. Those are the sorts of things that I mean they wouldn't come to the United States for plastic surgery because they couldn't wait. They'd come to the United States for life-saving things because they couldn't wait in Canada. And that's what I'm talking about. It's just because it's free and available to everybody doesn't mean it's always available when it's necessary. And when you have to have an emergency surgery because you need like emergency heart surgery or emergency brain surgery or something like that, you know, and you can't wait for hours or weeks or months. And those were the people that were coming down to my community. That I was wait a second. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. First and foremost, our healthcare system has a triage. So you are assessed. If you can't wait, you get in immediately. Okay. If your procedure can wait, for example, I had to get a quadruple bypass in 2018 Uh and I waited all of three months. Because only only because the surgeon was busy. Uh-huh. And he had multiple surgeries to do before me. 
But that's not to say that I needed it right away. I could have gone several years without doing quadruple bypass. But if you have you... to understand when triage is taken, that's when every uh, people are either made to wait or made to get in quickly. So, so I'm still confused though. So, is there is there um, corruption at no. the level where, of triage? Then is that why people were saying we can't get this care in Canada, so we have to come down to the United States? No, I so don't know. I don't know if the transplant list is different in the states than in Canada. I don't actually know if Canada uses the same transplant list as in the states mm -hmm. uh i do know that several of my friends have had kidney transplants liver transplants uh lung transplants uh i haven't met anyone who's had a heart transplant but 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 they've all gotten them in a timely manner and they all yes of course yeah after time? absolutely well that is really interesting now like i said depending on where they actually lived small towns are very hard to get what you need you usually have to go into big cities mm -hmm. to do the surgery or operations mm -hmm. and like i said it's triage mm -hmm. because when you have a city with seven million people in it are you going to go before those 7 million people, even though about 100,000 could have used the same procedure before you? No. It's all triaged. So, okay, so thank you for explaining that to me. I understand the Canadian medical system a lot better, and it, it sounds like it might actually make sense now. So, um, so how did the Canadian medical system hold up during the quarantine? And with with the with all of the corona patients and stuff, were you guys overwhelmed? Um, oh yeah, okay. yeah, we were. Um, the fact is, at the end of the day, all hospitals were overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. um, smaller cities and towns, for example, out west. When I was out there, the city the city I was in of about twenty three thousand people we didn't have any cases of COVID. Mm -hmm. And south of us in Vancouver, they did. They had like hundreds a day, thousands. Mm -hmm. um, just last, last week, we were getting thousands here in Ontario. Is it um, still spreading up there? I'm sorry? So it's still spreading up there? No, it's actually gone down. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's gone down. We had fewer than 600 cases in Ontario this past yesterday. So it has been going down since people have been vaccined. And vaccinated? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I haven't. I'm getting vaccinated on the 14th. Which vaccine, which vaccine are you going to get? Pfizer. Pfizer. Is that the one that, does that require two or just one? Uh, two. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So you get the first one on 14th? Yeah, I'm going to have the first one on 14th with my daughter. Okay. 
Yeah. And unfortunately, we didn't handle it like you guys did. You um, as a country? As a country, right. How do you guys um, do it differently? But I'm I'm not I can't remember offhand whether it was us who looked at it first or you guys. I think it was us. Um, we were we were more quick out of the gate when uh, COVID came in. I guess we learned from the bird flu and SARS that uh, we had to keep an eye on these things. So did you guys close down schools and stuff sooner, or what? Oh yeah, sooner? yeah. We closed down schools. We, uh, when I was out west, my wife said that Toronto was like a ghost town. So how did your guys' economy do during while everything was shut down? Uh, just as bad as you guys. Oh yeah, really? Layoffs. Even uh, wasn't the government setting it? Wasn't the government supporting everybody though? Oh yeah. Yeah, we did. The government did. Um, it was through uh, Service Canada, and they they had COVID relief uh, payments and stuff like that every month. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Sounds like everybody should be thankful that their governments are their gods coming to their, their you know, rescue. The rescue. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Unfortunately, you know, um, we didn't have Trump in office. So, what did you say? We didn't have Trump in office. You said unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, that is unfortunate. It's unfortunate <laughs> we don't have him in office at the moment. You're actually for Trump. You're a Republican. Oh, I'm not a Republican. I'm a Trumper. I'm a conservative American woman, and I'm a Trumper. Listen to me. Those Democrats think they need to worry about President Trump? No. They need to worry about the millions of people whose hearts and minds President Trump set on fire with passion for their country. People like me. People like all those millions of people who voted for President Trump. Those are the people the Democrats need to worry about. So were you in favor of the changes that Obama made to your health care system? Oh, no. I'm definitely not in favor of Obamacare. I grew up... So when I was 12 years old, I was... What happened to me that made me go blind? Mm -hmm. My parents went through a really bad like for years my family went through a really bad situation we were getting phone calls from medical providers from the hospital where i had my surgery from the doctor who did the surgery from all of them because we were being turned over to collections and stuff because mm -hmm. the damn insurance company of my father's wasn't paying the bills and right. so my mother and my stepfather were getting these horrible phone calls from these doctor's offices and stuff. And so early, as a child, I grew to hate, hate doctor's offices because of the way they treated their patients, right? Mm -hmm. And and I learned to hate the system, right? right? But I also learned that at least there was a system. At least we had the care available. And the only reason we had it available is because somebody was paying for it. Mm -hmm. And I learned that it was good quality because people were willing to pay for it. 
I learned it was better quality than what happened, what it was in a lot of other countries. And I was so thankful that I had right. gotten sick here in the United States where I was able to get the care that I got. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, I learned early on about all of the system and how it works. And I really hate the system. I really, really do. Right. And you know what? Uh, over here, you wouldn't have had to suffer that. Yeah, it really intrigues me. So uh, I'm going to have to look at your guys' system a little bit better, obviously, because I mean, I tell all my friends who live down in the States that they should move to Toronto. I really believe that because well, you guys would have better quality of life. You guys, are you guys a socialist nation? I'm sorry, define socialist nation. Well, I don't know, honestly. I uh, mean, do we care about people's social health? Yes. Uh-huh. But, you know, do we, have we abolished collection do you, agencies? Do you, do, you guys, do you guys have the Bill of Rights like we have here in the United States? Yes, we do. We have a Bill of Rights. So what does your Bill of Rights say? Uh, Charter of Rights and Freedoms. I mean, essentially, everyone has the right to practice their own religion. Everyone has the right against discrimination, uh, whether it be religious discrimination, uh, gender discrimination, sexual discrimination, whatever the case. Um, You know, they have their legal rights as well when they are uh, cited for violations uh, or if they have a particular court case that they have to deal with. it handles all of them. It takes care of all of them. So what's the big difference between the United States and Canada? Uh, I would say the healthcare. And your guys' healthcare sounds better than ours. I It is. So do you think everybody should move to Canada then from here? Should, it, should all of us Americans come up there? Uh, I think that's a good idea. Everybody, if you, if live, you want to go to Canada, Vic's inviting you, right, Vic? I'm inviting you to come stay with me. Yes, by all means. My wife would love to have you. <laughs> no, you know what? If you live in Florida and you like that kind of heat, then don't move to Canada. If you live in Southern California and you like that kind of heat, don't move to Canada. If you live in places like Montana or North Dakota or even Minnesota, by all means, you guys are used to snow. You guys will love it up here. And it's a better healthcare system. You'll have free healthcare. You'll have free everything. Yeah. Computers. Well, in Ontario, you Well, do. if you're blind, you get a free computer, I guess. In Ontario. Uh-huh. That's not the case in every part of the country. So I guess everybody should move to Ontario then. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Toronto so specifically. Everybody moved to Canada. Everybody just moved to Ontario. Yes. 
Well, Definitely. the population of Ontario is going to explode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, heck, it's already exploding. <laughs> is it really? The oh, yeah. You know what? Our, our crime is so much less than you guys. Um, and it's not because of anything specific. I don't know. Maybe gun control is a lot better here. I don't know. Um, but I can say we have less crime than you guys have by far. Mm. You know, at least here in Toronto anyway, compared to some of your other cities. I mean, I look at New York and mm -hmm. and compare it to Toronto and I think... Well, what's holy. the population of one versus the other, though? Well, in Toronto proper, it's 2 million, but in the greater Toronto area... We're looking at about 7 million. Now, is Ontario a province or a city? A province, kind of like your state. Right, yeah, okay. Yeah, I know a province is like a state, so. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's several cities here, uh, Toronto being the biggest. Uh, and you live in Toronto? That's where I live, yeah. I've lived here all my life. What is I, the I was originally from Portugal. What is the capital of Canada? Uh, Ottawa. Ottawa. Is every part of Canada cold? Uh, cold? Does it snow in every part of Canada? Uh, yes. Okay, then I'm not moving there. Except Vancouver. I, I hear Vancouver gets a lot of rain rather than snow. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Out west, they... Though where I was living was northern west, northern British Columbia, and they got lots of snow there. Okay, is there anything else you'd like to talk about today, Victor? No, I, 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 I am actually flabbergasted by what we've talked about so far. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> that's why we don't. I people always ask me when I invite them to come on the view. They're like, "Well, what are we going to talk about?" And I tell them, "Well, I don't know what we're going to talk about." Now, let me ask you something: Is the view essentially like the ABC show with Whoopi Goldberg? Well, it's called my show is called Blind View. Right. And I don't know. Is it like? The view with Whoopi Goldberg? Well, I would not. think it's so. It's just a little YouTube show. I've only got a couple, I think almost 2,000 subscribers. I think Whoopi's show has a few more. Millions of viewers. No, <laughs> given that. I mean, yeah. let's but, face well, it. Look, I, we're. I picked my name, though. I kind of coined it off of the view. Like, right. I was, it was during the quarantine. I was sitting around and I, I was thinking about my company and I. I'm really good at coming up with show ideas, right? And I right. like I had an image of me and a couple of my blind girlfriends sitting around gossiping about stuff, right? And talking about all kinds of great things. And that's what gave me the idea of starting the show, right? Right. And then I thought, oh my gosh, the, maybe we should call it The Blind View, right? After, you know, because it sounds like, you know. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's and... Special. Like I said, I mean, as if you don't keep it to just women, I think you could keep this going forever. Yeah, so initially, I mean, when the idea popped in my head, I believe it was came from God. I I really feel like I get a lot of um, 
inspiration from God. And I think it was God that inspired me to start the Blind View. And even though really? the image that popped in my head was me and a few girls sitting around, it's definitely organically evolved into something much bigger. Like I have different people on all the time now. Like initially I thought it was going to be me and the same two people all the time. Right, right, not. right. And we're not talking about the same things all the time. So, And that's, you know what, that's unfortunate. If you have the same people, you get opposing viewpoints in yeah, most cases, you know? Thing. I'm having trouble finding liberal leaning blind people that I like to talk to. <laughs> well, you know what? I was very much against Trump. I know. So if you want, <laughs> if you want liberal, here I am. <laughs> well, if you want to be coming on, if you want to come on to view more like on a regular basis. Let's I don't do mind. I don't mind. We had a really good conversation today. We had some good stuff. Well, I don't mind at all. I mean, I like this sort of thing. I I was on a channel where we had a, this sort of thing before, and I actually came up with a show called Devil's Advocate. Uh -huh. And basically, me and another person would have opposing viewpoints on a given subject, and we would debate, essentially, the merits of each point. That's a good idea. Yep, that's that's wonderful, Victor. I definitely think we should do that. And I definitely would love the idea of you being a regular part of the show and us talking about stuff. Well, thank you, Rebecca. I hope I hope we can do that. So maybe we can talk to Gino and figure out like so this is streaming live through my YouTube channel. If you, if you would like to stream it live through your YouTube channel simultaneously, I don't know how you, we can do that, but you know, you should be be plugging your own YouTube channel at the same time, right? So, anyway. Well, I guess I guess it depends on what plans we have with StreamYard. Yeah. I'm going to but... take a quick commercial break, okay, Victor? I okay, yeah. I don't a commercial break yet. Mm -hmm. So we'll... Hey, everybody, great news. You can now get both of my books on Audible. My first book, Because You're Blind, is the story of how I went from that terrified little girl who woke up suddenly blind and brain injured at the age of 12 years old, and then years later was locked down under an illegal and corrupt guardianship in the state of Montana for 15 years. It's the story of how I defeated all of that and overcame all of that. And then my second book, Changing My Perspective, is how I used my own thinking to empower myself to change my life after all of that. And now today, I am the founder and president of Blue Butterfly Enterprises, as well as host and creator of Becca's World on YouTube. And I have a lot of other great projects going on, but I just wanted to encourage you guys to check out the audible versions of my books because they're both good stories. And you can get, there's, I have some free downloads of each book available. If you email me at info at bluebutterflyenterprises.com, I would be happy to send you a free download so you can check it out. Thank you so much for your time. And now back to the blind view. Hello? Hi. Hey, okay, great. Hey, Victor, you know what I was thinking about? You know, uh -huh. I've been to a lot of these NFB conventions, and I've met people from other countries at them. So you can always come down to one of our NFB conventions when we start having them again. Uh, that might be a possibility, yes. They're a lot of fun because 
you know, when I went to my first MFB convention, what I noticed is the people were all laid back, right? Every time I went places before that, I was always around sighted people who would panic when they saw that I was blind, right? Right. When you go to an NFB convention, you're having fun with everybody else who's blind, so nobody's panicking when you're living your life. Yeah, it's yeah. Really, it's really comforting. Yeah, no, I, I understand. I can, I know how that feels. And, I mean, we, you guys have an assistive technology show out in California. Uh, and we have the same thing here in Toronto. Mm -hmm. Um and those are always fun to get to, seeing the new innovations, oh. uh, the new products from various companies. And, you know, I've always wanted to go to the San Diego Comic-Con, uh, but <laughs> I've never had any money for it. So I have, I have a blind friend who's into the Comic-Con stuff. Well, Is he? Vision. He's, he's really into the Comic-Con stuff. And yeah. Met a couple guys here in the Phoenix area who are low vision who are in the Comic Con stuff. Yeah, no, I, I, I was very disappointed when uh, Graphic Audio decided to, well, not cut ties, but they limited their uh, comic book uh, stories. They limited what stories they were going to do? Yes, from comic books, yeah. Well, I didn't know that. If they watch this video, I strongly encourage them to reconsider because blind people deserve to have access to that stuff, right? I agree. I agree. And like I said, I mean, they had a, a series that was being done for, uh, uh, oh, what was her name? Captain Marvel uh -huh. and Daredevil. And I don't know what the sales like sales were like for those particular series, but no. I bought I bought each one. <laughs> so, can I ask some questions about the Comic Con stuff? Uh -huh. Is the point of it? Is it like? Is it just comic books, or is it like um, comic movie, like animated movies that Comic Con people watch? You know what I mean. <laughs> Well, it depends. It depends on the comic con you go to, but the San Diego Comic Con has everything from sci-fi to uh, special effects features to movies to television shows. So um, do they when you go to the comic con? Do they teach you about the methods they use to create the comic books you're looking at, or is it just they're showing you their new comic? Books? Yeah, they do have actual uh, sessions like that. Okay. where they will have uh, comic book artists in a particular room talking about their craft or how they do things. Yeah, it, like I said, it's, it's, it's amazing, those comic cons, especially the one in San Diego, because it's so varied. And you get a lot of cosplay uh, with a lot of uh, people dressing up as their comic book heroes and, and sci-fi heroes. So, Victor, are you able to see it all? I don't remember. I'm sorry? Are you able to see it all? No, I'm totally blind. Okay. So you don't even know what the cartoons look like? That fascinates me. I don't know what the what looks like? So you you, you don't know what the animes look like that you're looking at? You know what I mean? Oh, no, I know what anime looks like. I, I Like oh. I said, I used to see before 2002. Oh, okay. Okay, so you have yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I used to. I used to 
be able to watch. I mean, I, I, I started crying one day because uh, in 2002, I was going blind and Spider-Man was just released. Oh. And I was so depressed because I wanted to watch that so bad. <laughs> I mean, the only, ex uh, the only uh, exposure to Marvel I had was the original X-Men with Pat Patrick Stewart. And that was cheesy. <laughs> you know, so I I was disappointed that I couldn't watch TV or anything anymore after I went blind, right? But after I started getting some vision back, I remember when I first went to the movie theaters and I, I loved that when I sat in the theater, I could see the big screen, right? So mm -hmm. I could see it all at once if I sat back far enough, right? But the only bad thing about the theater is it was so loud, it hurt my ears. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sometimes the, I mean, depending on the theater you go to, sometimes the audio can be overwhelming. Yeah, that's what I found. And and un, so unbalanced, and you have to have the right seat. I actually, I actually feel anal. I'm not sure if you know who Sheldon Cooper is. Um, that name sounds familiar. Is that an author? From The Big Bang Theory. Oh. Is that a movie? You mean from the movie The Bang Big Bang Theory? No, the television show. Okay. No. I never I don't think I ever watched that show. Well, he's he's a character with Asperger syndrome. Oh, okay. And uh his uh his uh oh wow, I just drew a blank. His MO was to go to a theater and find the sweet spot in the theater where they would sit and get full surround sound, uh, unlimited, unfettered access to the screen, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, I get so anal about that. So would he try every seat in the house until he found the right one then? I'm sorry? Would he try every seat in the house until he found the right one then? He would go to several parts of the, of the theater, yeah, and do that, yeah. He would actually yell out and listen to the acoustics okay. and and then you know if the acoustics weren't just right nope not here <laughs> he'd okay. go to another place yell out nope not here <laughs> oh well, that's cool okay go ahead continue though i'm sorry for interrupting you victor it's a re it's a really funny show i mean i've never i've never seen a fun i mean it doesn't matter how many reruns uh, I see. I still love the show. Always. It sounds like a great show. It is. It is. And the fact that we have it described is amazing. Oh, it's described? Yes. Oh. Yes. Yeah, I'm trying... Um, did you know that, that Gino and I are making a movie? You are? Yeah, and I'm thinking about creating it with audio description built into it. I'm really thinking about it, and I think I, I think I know how we can do it. And anyway, well, we have, I mean, we have a channel, um, AMI, which is Accessible Media Inc., mm -hmm. um, which is such a stupid station, but at the same time, it's such a good station. Why is it a stupid station? Uh, because they lump all the described shows into the one channel 
instead of putting the described shows on different channels? On the various channels, right. Instead of advocating for more described video on other channels, uh, they just concentrated on putting described videos on the one channel. And they were so late in providing streams for their channels. They were so late in providing other services. So do they uh, do they have subscribers to their channel with since they have all audio described shows on there? That's pretty amazing. They do audio and captioned. But the other neat feature is they have some shows that are like you said, with description built in, right? So that the host of the show or hosts, depending on who they are, actually describes things that are going on. Well, what I'm talking about is so like if somebody goes to this local Cinemax theater and they watch a movie, mm -hmm. they hear the prose read just like you or I do when we're watching an auto-described video. My sighted friend sitting next to me would hear the same prose I would be hearing through my headphones, and I wouldn't need the headphones because they would be playing for the whole audience. A lot, of people, a lot of people don't like that. Well, but maybe my daughter figure out how to build that into the movie so it's, it just becomes part of the movie. So people no, lo they don't lo no longer, you know, are, it's no longer a different thing. For example, the closed captioning. I went blind in 89, and I think it was in the 90s when closed captioning became available pretty much on everything, right? Well, I grew up in the 70s, and it's always been available for me. Oh, well, I grew I was in north central Montana. And, okay. And, and I didn't see closed captioning until I went to the deaf and blind school, and they, it was available on some of the shows, like, like, I would be watching a show and the deaf girls would come in and they would change it to the right setting so they could get it in with closed captioning, right? But mm -hmm. even back then, not all of the shows came with closed captioning, but within a few years ago, I think I learned that like most shows have closed captioning now, right? And all you have to do on most TVs is turn on the closed captioning. So I honestly dream of the day when like 99.99% .99 of the television shows and movies are made with audio description built in the same way. And yes. And we're simply like, put, pushing a button on our TV, we can turn it on, right? And yeah. And the theaters yeah. would be the same way. And, you know, that's what my dream is. No, I agree with you on that. I agree with you on that. I'd like to be able to tune into Channel 7 and watch a movie or television show and have it described for me. I mean, up until now, our cable services didn't have an easy way to get to the description. Right. So they provided actual free digital boxes and free remotes mm -hmm. to persons, uh, blind people, mm -hmm. that had one button access to descriptive video. Mm -hmm. um, they haven't stopped doing that. They've just replaced, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Comcast boxes. I've heard of Comcast, but here in the United States, there's different providers. Like when I was in Minnesota, I believe I used Comcast because that was the provider up there. Right. Here, our provider is Cox, right? When I was in Montana, it was Bresnan. So mm -hmm. here it depends on who the provider is. You can't like just go get Comcast if it's not your right. provider. 
And in some cases, uh, companies are owned by other companies and they might have the same technology. Mm -hmm. um, you guys, Comcast had this technology first that I know of anyway. And our cable company, Rogers, got it now. Um, and it's a, the exact same boxes, blah, blah, blah. But the other two providers don't have that. And that's very disappointing. The box actually provides uh, talking uh, television guides and everything like that. Um, because they say, you know, you can have an accessible television, which I do have. And it's great if I want to watch Netflix or if I want to watch Apple TV, I, I can actually use the television and get it myself. I don't have to call my daughter. And that's awesome that it's it's 100% accessible like that, but wouldn't it be great if you could not only use accessible features to pick a movie, but you knew that every single movie or show you pick would also have audio description. Oh god, yeah. You know, yeah. that's my dream. And there's a lot of there's a lot of help from the AFB on that in mm -hmm. that they have the uh list of audio described uh movies and shows on Netflix. You said the AFB or NFB? AFB. American Foundation for the Blind? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've heard of that. Um, and Netflix does have... I've actually watched a few audio-described shows. I don't have a lot of time for watching shows for fun anymore. Naturally. <laughs> and, but the last couple of years, I think I've watched two or three audio-described shows, and I really love them. I love the fact that Netflix is coming out with some shows that are audio-described. Yeah. And like I said, why can't more companies just build, build the audio description into the movie when they make it like that? No, I agree. I agree. It would be lovely if they did. It'd be yeah. great. But, you know, at the end of the day, it, they're so wrong because occasionally you'll get the message for, on a television show that says, you know, closed captioning provided by blah, blah, blah. But yeah. you never hear them say, you know, video description provided by blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Which oh. I absolutely hate. So, How is it that the hearing impaired get... Get sponsored, but the blind can't get sponsored? Right, exactly. Well, maybe nobody's saying, yo, if you guys sponsor this. But the thing is, like I said... And that's the problem. That is exactly the problem. There's to so many splinters in the blind community that we can't get our act together. But listen, the blind community is starting to get their act together. No, they're not. No, they're not. If they were, we wouldn't have an MFB. We wouldn't have a ACB. We wouldn't have a CCB, a CNIB. All that the stuff. Way in which the blind community is getting their act together. Listen, when I went to the deaf and blind school when I was 15 years old, the blind students were struggling there, and the deaf students had it made in the shade. But the, the blind students didn't get shit, right? As far right. as accessibility and stuff. Right. And so, and I see that, but after that, like after I grew up and I became a member of the NFB. I, things changed for me. It's you just have to join the right, the right uh, advocacy group as an adult, and you can really start seeing changes happen. But why so many advocacy groups? 
why have because initiative? some of them have they, they have different visions of what independence is and how to get there and and I mean, the NFB isn't the only advocacy group I've been involved in in my time. I've been blind for over 30 years. But it definitely, the, the amount of benefit you're going to get from being in a group definitely depends on that group's definition of independence and right. and if they have their, you know, their craft together with knowing how to get there. Right. But the at NFB, the same time, you have to... Wait a second. At the same time, you have to understand that all of these groups have certain traits in common. For example, all of them have the same rights when it comes to white canes and and guide dogs. Mm -hmm. Right? They all feel the same way about those things. They all feel the same way about Braille. They all feel the same way of how Braille should be in elevators. And how elevators should talk for us. Mm -hmm. Do you agree? I agree. Right. I, I, do, I disagree with elevators should talk for us. I think we're very fortunate if we can find a talking elevator. Wait, I, I, but I wait, 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 wait. Hold on a second. Say. You can't say that. Why are we fortunate? <sighs> okay. I shouldn't say we're fortunate, but like there was a time like I went blind 30 plus years ago and I was living in an area that didn't have talking anything. Oh, I, no, no, no. Like, hold on. Sidewalks, right? No, no. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I grew up in the 70s and I you have to say until I became blind in 2002, I'd seen maybe two or three blind people my entire life. Mm -hmm. From 70 to 2002, I'd seen maybe two or three blind people. Yep. But once I became blind in 2002, mm -hmm. my world was blind people. Yep. I could see them everywhere I went. Mm-hmm. So, yes, the world is become. I, I don't know. Like I said, I asked you if you knew Phil Parr, who no, used to do Blind Like Me on ACB Radio, and he said, and these are were these were his exact words: "If you're going to go blind, now is the best time to do it." Yes, because there's so much technology. There's so much uh, advocacy. There's so many rights oh, and freedoms yeah. that we are taking advantage of. That listen to me. The, these, if you're blind in America or Canada, mm -hmm. or probably Europe, I suspect it's probably the same in Europe too. Um, Not all countries. If blindness is your only disability, you have no excuse for not working or going to school or both. Right. Right. Because with today's technology and the services that are available and the training that's out there, yeah, people have no excuse. I get so tired of when I meet blind people are just sitting around sniveling, complaining. It, it, I don't, I don't give them the time of day, right? Right. Because <laughs> there's training; they can go get trained to do whatever they want. 
And right. there, there's like here in the United States, the government will pay for you to get the computer that talks and all that stuff, just like up there. But here they get you the training to make sure you know how to use it and stuff. Right. But yeah, so I I just have trouble with um, with disabled people sitting around complaining because you could be out there doing something. No, I agree. I agree. Uh, it's just a volunteer job. You can be volunteering at a food bank or a homeless shelter or at a hospital or something, right? That's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. People don't take the time to help their fellow man. And, you know, that's that's always been my rationale that we are here to help others, not to help ourselves. I've always felt that way. And I've tried to help other people as much as I can. Yeah. Within, you know, tolerance levels, of course. I mean, if I can't afford to help a person at one point, I won't do it. But at the same time, if a day comes that I can help that person, I will. Okay. So, so, is there anything else you want to talk about today, Victor? This has been a really great conversation. Uh, no, I can't think of anything right now. I apologize. I have one more thing I would like to discuss with you. Okay. When I was very young, before I went blind at the age of 12, my best friend, Dion, and I went up to Medicine Hat Water Slides in Canada. Uh-huh. And that was the big thing where we were living on the High Line was Medicine Hat Water Slides, right? It was a big deal. And I think we right. did some shopping too, right? Uh -huh. In Edmonton, I think. Okay. Or I'd heard of shopping in Edmonton. Uh -huh. As an American, there's several places here in America I still plan on going and seeing that I haven't seen yet. But can you share with our viewers some things in Canada, maybe some interesting historical sites or something like that that, that are touristy in Canada that people could come see oh yeah yeah i mean we have the same water slides at a uh, a kind of disney disneyland type place called uh, canada's wonderland we actually have a water park there we have some huge roller coasters and and stuff like that kind of like your cedar point i'm not sure if you're aware of cedar point canada's wonderland Yes. Okay. Um, so is there a website that our viewers can go look at? Uh, yeah. Can, um, I don't know if it's Canada's Wonderland.com, but uh, yeah, just do a Google search for Canada's Wonderland and it should come up in the top hits. Okay, great. Now, so... And is Canada's Wonderland a theme park that's accessible to the blind? Have you been there as a cane user? Is it? Uh, yes, okay. it is successful for the blind. Yes. Okay, great. It is blind friendly. Okay. Uh, maybe not as much as Disney, uh, Disney theme parks, but it is fairly accessible. Okay, cool. Um, would you like to plug your channel or anything before we end the show, Victor? Or uh, sure. I mean, if you uh, want to hear more from me, uh, and maybe we'll include Becca's shows on my channel as well, 
Um, go to whose blind life is it anyway? Uh, is is that on? They search on YouTube. Whose blind life is it anyway? Yes, yes. Just make sure you spell who's right because people have a tendency to spell it with an apostrophe, <laughs> which is not the case. So it's whose blind life is it anyway with no spaces or? Yeah, with no spaces. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm there, and uh, we have uh, the Friday film feature. Uh, we have the Saturday night adult party. We have the Monday interviews, uh, which I'm hoping Becca will be a part of at some point. Do you, and, have, do you have a website where our viewers can go look at that list of shows you just talked about and see what time they're airing and stuff? Uh, no, I don't. Well, they can go to your YouTube channel and probably see it, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, it sounds like you have some fun stuff going on over there, Victor, so... I oh, well, I'm trying. Check it out. Yeah, definitely. Thanks thank for you. having me. Yeah, thank you, Victor. Thank you for joining us today on Becca's World. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Blind View. Please like, share, and hit the subscribe button. Peace out, y'all. That's the <laughs> wrap. Thank you for watching Becca's World. Please like, share. So you see, folks, that is the beginning and the end of what could be a really nice collaboration because I think Becca has a lot to contribute and a lot to say and some really good opinions. I plan on interviewing her at some point on Whose Blind Life Is It Anyway. Uh, I think she's got a great personality and a great uh, um, well she's got a great everything <laughs> she's a very a great person to talk to and a great person to know so uh, yeah check her out and look for the, the, the link in the description box to her channel and her website and um, make sure you check check out the blind view on her channel every week on Fridays and every week here on the blind view uh, sorry on whose blind life is it anyway <laughs> sorry about that and um, yeah catch it either here or there and enjoy it definitely enjoy it